Welcome to the Today in the World podcast show for Tuesday the 29th of December 2020. I am your host Uncle K and in today's news, new details emerge on the developing story of the Nashville bombing, 12,000 kids are banned from school in New York after refusing COVID testing and the city of New York becomes the first state to authorise the use of a yen-backed stablecoin and LBC radio host Majid Nawaz receives heaps of praise online after he goes on an epic rant about lockdowns killing people in the UK. Here's what you missed in today's news. So, if you were listening to the show yesterday, I was talking about the Nashville bombing where an AT&T NSA spy hub was said to have been targeted. Now, all the details regarding why and how and all of that kind of stuff, it's not all that clear, clear you know, but there are some um, very important details on the situation that are coming out. Some from Natural News, that website, and some from some other websites, you know. Collective of people are really trying to figure out what happens here at the moment. Um, remember, I was saying that whoever did this didn't want to harm anyone because we obviously know that they did it on Christmas morning, six in the morning, you know, no one's going to be around, so no casualties. Now, on top of that, there was an alarm that sounded from the RV basically telling people to evacuate before the bomb went off. So it was, of course, a carefully orchestrated event, especially to stop people from actually getting hurt. Now, what's interesting is the FBI are reportedly investigating a suspicious box truck in the city of Lebanon, which was reportedly blaring a warning similar to the RV Christmas bombing in Nashville. Now, that's Lebanon, Tennessee, by the way, not in the Middle East. I didn't even know that there was a city called Lebanon there, but yeah, looks like there is. And um, yeah, they are the FBI is on top of that situation right now, trying to figure out, you know, who where this sound came from, who, who what's really going on. But you know, it, like I'm like it sounds, it's it's just all strange. Like I don't really know what's happening with this. All of, all there is is lies and deceit on the news. Um, the FBI themselves are of course a criminal organization, so it's like. How do you know whose side they're really on this time? It's it's hard to tell. You can't just trust what they say or do, you know. You have to really dig deep and see what's, you know, look into the details if you actually want to know the truth. So um, now that the law enforcement has released some photos of the from CCTV of the RV in question, the only problem is the photos that they released of the RV it doesn't match the RV found in the driveway of the supposed perpetrator. So this is a key issue that we have to like concentrate on now because it's like, if, if it doesn't match, then what the hell, you know, who is, what, it's, it's, it, it adds weight to thinking that they are lying to us. Um, what does it mean.com pointed out this observation and we can see in the photos, if you go to their website or natural news website, you can see that the RV depicted in the photo released by law enforcement has a single horizontal pinstripe near the roof along the entire driver's side of the vehicle, while the RV parked at the residence of Anthony Quinn Warner, whom the FBI is publicly calling the suicide bomber, has two pinstripes along the driver's side. Um, I looked at both pictures. I tried to compare it and see if the RVs matched, but I, I found it quite hard to tell the difference. I did see um, some small differences. They do look different, don't get me wrong, but it's not like the easiest thing to see. And... Without really, it's, the pictures aren't great quality and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's there's still some doubt there, but it is evidence to show that they are lying, which is kind of clear to see if you look at the rhetoric from mainstream media. We know that this wasn't about 5G or suicide bombing or any of that stuff. So now we're really just looking at all the anomalies and trying to see and make sense of it, you know? 
Um, so I was looking at uh, the website, Natural News, and they report, quote, we are currently calling it a missile, although others have pointed out the possibility that this could be the result of a direct energy weapon, a DEW, fired from orbiting weapons platforms. However, the fiery bomb blast seems to indicate a kinetic chemical explosion did take place, even though other videos appear to show that this explosion appears to have initiated slightly above the RV itself, not from within the RV. Now, a second cargo van vehicle is currently under watch in Lebanon on Highway 231S, where over a dozen police vehicles have blocked off the highway to investigate. This vehicle is reportedly broadcasting the same message as the RV that exploded in Nashville, which had loudspeakers urging people to evacuate the area before the bomb went off. So, as we can see even from that report there, um, which is only just a small bit of it, we can see that the story is just confusing because it's just shrouded in lies and mystery and, yeah, more stuff is coming out as the days go by. But, um, yeah, it doesn't look like it was a missile. It looks like it could have been uh, a different kind of weapon and... The motives for this seem to be that they were trying to um, basically disable some some kind of voting equipment that may have been housed in the government building, which was the NSA hub. And so they're saying that the RV was targeted and it was like, you know, an EMP effect where any um, type of electronic device in a certain field would have been affected. And that, that's their leading theory right now of, of why this happens and you know with the evidence that we have in front of us it's not like we have a lot to go on all we know is that they're lying it's difficult being in this position because you can't necessarily say you know the truth but one thing we do know for sure is that they ain't telling it they're not telling the truth and um so yeah it looks peak for america it looks it doesn't look good as i said before because there's too much mystery regarding this kind of stuff but uh, as the time goes on we're gonna see more more and more details come out hopefully we're going to get to the bottom of this actual weapon and see what actually happened there because that in itself is dangerous you know we don't even know what kind of weapon was used is america getting a missile bomb now what kind of place is this it's not gaza you know what i'm saying it's not baghdad it's america you know but it's going to be a different america as i've been saying for the past few weeks it's going to be looking very different over there but yeah time will tell and as the news as more news becomes available i'll be reporting on it LBC radio host and anti-extremism activist Majid Nawaz has urged Brits not to be scared into supporting another coronavirus lockdown, arguing they do more harm than good. And then he received widespread praise online. RT reports. On his LBC show on Monday, Nawaz, better known in the UK as anti-Islamism activist and counter-extremism advisor, declared, quote, lockdown kills. It's as simple as that, close quote. He then goes on to say, quote, Do we know how many people would die because of lockdown compared to how many people would die if we did not go into lockdown? He asked. And if we don't know the answer, then we are just grabbing, clutching at the straws, at straws in the dark, close quote. Nawaz also took aim at those who support continuous lockdowns on the grounds that they follow the experts, noting, quote, that evidence hasn't been published by our government and so anyone claiming that they follow experts and evidence has no right whatsoever and no basis to say they're following evidence, close quote. 
Citing the claim by Bristol University's Professor Philip Thomas that the impact of lockdowns in the UK could claim the equivalent of up to 560,000 lives, along with UNICEF Health Chief Dr. Stefan Peterson's prediction that lockdowns could lead to a spike in child mortality rates across the globe. Now, as concluded, quote, Now, if the evidence is telling us this, why is the public being scared and bumped into supporting another lockdown? Close quote. Now, there's a lot that I can say on this because, personally, I've been listening to LBC Radio since I was a kid. It's one of those shows that my parents used to love listening to on the way to and from school and work and all that kind of stuff. Like I used to, I've, I've been hearing that that um, that little tone, that that jingle that they do every single day. I'm so used to it. It's like ingrained in me, you know. But here's the thing: I listen to Majid Nawaz um, not all the time, but I lift, I listen to him often enough. I just can't take too much of that negative talk, to be honest. But I do listen to him, and I I found that. He's the only person on that show that has retained, you know, like any thinking skills that other hosts have abandoned since the pandemic began. I'm thinking about people like James O'Brien, someone that I actually became a fan of because he was able to develop his his um, his thinking and he and he was very narrow minded and he was able to broaden his horizons. He used to be the type of guy that would look at someone with a tattoo and think that they're a criminal because they have a tattoo like that's why I became a fan of him because he was able to change his perception. But since lockdown has started, this guy is just talking about the same old nonsense. You know, he he doesn't understand why people don't trust the scientists and he doesn't understand why we don't want to wear masks. And he claimed he claims to not understand a lot of this. But, you know, it's really it's really um, coming home now, the truth about this world. But uh, it's funny because imagine Nawaz, he wasn't blatantly against lockdowns. He always came across like he was at least thinking about it more than others, but he was never like completely compliant to it because the government told him to, you know, he, he had his own opinion and he wasn't scared to question things, which a lot of people are not doing. But um, here's the thing. This is the dilemma that I've been seeing and uh, witnessing with British people. They do not want to look like they're breaking the law or even coming close to opposing the law or having an opinion that is not from the law because it's just not British culture to act in that way. They want to be law-abiding citizens. British people don't fight. They call the police and they call their lawyer. You know what I mean? But um, at the same time, British people are some of the most progressive and forward-thinking individuals on the planet, in my opinion, you know. And, you know, it's quite well known that British culture is all about freedom and equality and having a choice and having um, freedom of religion and being understanding, all of that kind of stuff, you know. And that really clashes with the totalitarian lockdowns that are being imposed by the UK government. So we have um, a lot of people over here in the UK right now who are really just pretending to go along with these lockdowns. But in truth, in their heart of hearts, they don't agree because they are British and they have the culture of understanding and being progressive. They're just too scared to stand up against the government and say anything, you know. So a lot of people right now have got their heads stuck in the sand and just waiting and praying for this to go away. You know, they just want the vaccine quick time so they can they can pretend that this was all just a bad dream. But um, and, you know, the, the fact is that so many people responded to his rant on Twitter with so much positive things to say. It really just shows how much people want to be heard. You know, the issue with the media and LBC, um, like I was saying, James O'Brien, he won't even allow anyone on the show that has anything to say that goes against the official narrative. So people are being silenced and they're struggling, man. Um, but one by one, 
Trust me, I firmly believe that people are going to just keep getting turned on against these lockdowns. One by one, they're going to start standing up for themselves. And I hope it doesn't, I hope people don't wait until they're personally affected because that's going to greatly reduce our capacity and ability to be able to do something about these lockdowns. But um, yeah, one by one, they, they will wake up. This is another story that's kind of connected to this. I just saw in the news that Weatherspoons as well, they've, they've gone full activist now. You know, if you go to their, if you go to the Weatherspoons website right now, you will see that they are now um, talking about other views to lockdowns and talking about how the situation is, you know, quite bad, you know, and they're, they're not having it, you know. And so, again, one by one, it's going to be people, companies, you know, institutions, charities, people will start waking up and, uh, you know, trying to sort this situation out. I just hope it's not, um, I hope it's sooner rather than later so that we can actually do something about it. But yeah, you will see the same trend that I'm seeing pretty soon, sure enough, I'm sure. Going over to the financial news now, let's look at coinmarketcap.com for the numbers. We've got Bitcoin trading at $26,500, down 2% over the last 24 hours. It looks like that sell wall is still going and people are still offloading their excess Bitcoin. We might find, uh, might settle the price somewhere around 25,000, maybe less, maybe more. Who knows? Ethereum still up a little bit, trading at $718, down 2.5% over the last 24 hours. We've got XRP, which is down 17%, trading at 23 cents. Litecoin is trading at $124, down 5%. Bitcoin Cash is trading at $344, down 5%. Polkadot is trading at $6.65, up 6.83%. And Cardano looks good for them today. They're trading at 18 cents, up almost 10% over the last 24 hours. Binance Coin is trading at $37, up 5%. And Chainlink is down... Almost 9% trading at $11.38. Now, I've seen something quite interesting in the news, something that people have already seen, to be honest, but it's uh, I haven't reported on it yet, so I, I thought I might as well just do that now. So um, it's really a recap on something that I was speaking about recently in that the buying power of the dollar is really tied to the price of Bitcoin and that when we see the price fluctuate on the dollar, we see the same thing. We see, um, what do you call it, like the opposite negative effect happening on Bitcoin or it could be the positive effect when the dollar goes down. So this article from Activist Post highlights some of these things that we need to look out for as a Bitcoin holder. So Activist Post reports, on Sunday, President Donald Trump signed the latest COVID relief package into law. Trump had earlier blasted the bill as a pork-laden disgrace with inadequate $600 direct payments. Under pressure to avert a government shutdown and keep unemployment benefits flowing, Trump finally relented, and he will continue to push the Senate to take up his $2,000 stimulus check proposal. Meanwhile, the presumptive president-in-waiting, Joe Biden, is vowing to build on Congress's down payment. Biden wants larger checks additional handouts to state and local governments, and more government spending across the board. If Republicans maintain control of the US Senate, pending the outcome of the Georgia runoff elections, they could potentially thwart some of Biden's spending ambitions. So basically, Biden, he wants to screw up the US dollar by giving more money to governments for COVID spending, etc. So um, Trump, he also wants more dollar printing. You know, it's not like they're equal opposites. They kind of want the same thing. Biden just wants more of it. But Trump wants more dollar printing because he wants bigger stimulus checks. But ultimately, 
it looks like a Biden administration means more money printing overall. Um, Biden is supposed to be taking office at some point in January. So I put this article in there to just kind of keep people on their toes because around that time, I think we're going to start seeing some more of those huge bull runs, you know, kick off again, like what we might have seen in Christmas, you know. Throughout this whole period, up until March probably, price of Bitcoin is probably going to stay volatile. So I'm not necessarily saying jump in, buy, buy, buy now because it's going to go crazy because this could go either way. We don't really know. I'm just saying to stay in tune, uh, see what's going on because if Biden goes into office and, um, you know, just does more money printing for all the governments, um, all, all of the local governments, then damn, like the price of the dollar is going to crash again. And Bitcoin price will obviously go up because investors, if investors need somewhere to put their money. An article from Cointelegraph reports that New York has given the first authorization to a stablecoin backed by the Japanese yen to operate in the US. Given New York status as a global center, the New York um, Department of Financial Services is the most prominent state financial regulator in the US. It is also one of the most aggressive. A pass to operate in New York often opens up the rest of the country. GMO president and CEO Ken Nakamura said, quote, we're breaking ground with our move to issue the first regulated JPY pegged stablecoin, which many see as a safe haven asset, close quote. I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say that this is not good news. I don't like this news. I really don't because let me tell you why. This is the reality of the situation we're in right now when it comes to the money services. The SEC and various other organizations right now are all trying to limit access to the financial markets and they're trying to keep hold of their money printing monopoly that they've had for the last 100 so years. Um, this is the first of many state-backed CBDCs coming to the market in 2021. European banks have all shown extensive plans to do the same thing as what's happening here and it will be at this point where cryptocurrency is going to become mainstream. It's just got to be up to the people in terms of which currency they want to use. If we want to keep doing the same old thing and getting the same old results, or if we want to move over to another form of safe money. The funny thing about the statement issued on this is that the CEO said that many people see the coin as a safe asset. And it's funny to me because with other projects like Cardano, Bitcoin, or Ethereum, no one needs to come out and tell you it's a safe asset or that uh, people see it as a safe asset, you can actually look at the mechanics of how it works, see how it works properly, and you you know, you know can work out for yourself if it's safe or not. You don't need anyone to tell you. We're moving away from that way of thinking, you know, and, and we're going into this new independent way of thinking where we do our own research, we find our own results, and we live our lives the way that we want to live our lives, not the way that it has been dictated to us. So yeah, this move to create these CBDCs could blow up in their faces again. It just depends on what people decide to do. Now, in some more Bitcoin news, Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary spoke on his opinions on Bitcoin during an interview with CNBC on Thursday, where he seems quite sure that Bitcoin will face some harsh regulation soon and that that's basically going to disrupt everything with the Bitcoin price and you're going to start seeing grown men crying, etc., etc., blah, 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 Bitcoin's going to die. It's similar to everything that Peter Schiff has been saying, really. And um, the problem for me with these guys is that these Bitcoin critics, they're just wishy-washy. You can't really trust them. One minute, they're totally against Bitcoin. 
The next, they want to play around with it and see what's going on because the greed gets to their head and they want to get involved. And then they go completely, you know, backwards again and say that it's rubbish. Um, so in this interview, Kevin, he pulled out his phone and he showed his Bitcoin wallet. He said at the time he invested with Bitcoin and Ethereum and Bitcoin Cash. He put $100 to work and from that, he's now got a balance of around $50. So he's lost $50, he's lost half of his investment. Um, but I want to understand why this guy decided to invest this $100 at the height of the 2017 bull run. Like, who does that? Not, not no one that is supposed to know what they're doing with investments. So it's like, why would you even invest like that in the in the first place anyway? You're supposed to know better. And you can't then use that to justify that crypto is not a good thing. You know, you're really just hiding your own ego. I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but it doesn't come across as genuine because I know you're smarter than that. You know, I'm not going to pretend that you're a stupid person because you're not. That's why you're worth about 200 mil. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, a lot of people, they lost a lot more than that little $50 that you lost. And um, a lot of people have gained from it as well. So that's why, you know, the way that investing works, the way that investing goes sometimes, you think someone like Kevin O'Leary would just be aware of that. Even the most amateur of investors know that you don't invest when everyone is making noise and there's a lot of hype. That is when you're supposed to be selling. If you are the type of investor to sell, I'm not. But if you are, that's the type. That's the time to sell, not buy. You'd have to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to go too in, but you'd have to be a, a bit stupid to do to do the opposite, you know, or a bit money hungry, which that might be the case. But um, I have to also say that. This Kevin O'Leary guy from Shark Tank is the same guy that openly admitted that if Elon Musk had came to Shark Tank with an idea about, about building electrical cars, he would have told him no. What the hell? Like, you should be embarrassed to say something like that out, out loud. You know, you should be saying that in private when you're with your, 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 your friends and your family. You have a little bit too much wine. You know, you admit those embarrassing things about yourself. Tesla's worth like, I don't know how, how much Tesla worth. I, I can't even remember, but it's hundreds of billions of dollars now. It's in the S&P 500. You know, you look ridiculous by saying things like that. Don't say that. At this point, like I said, it's just hard to take these Peter Schiff guys and uh, Kevin O'Leary, these Bitcoin critics. It's hard to take them serious because on one hand, they, they sometimes, you know, they talk sense. Bitcoin could and probably will see a lot of regulation. And, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. That's just the nature of, of, the, of the industry. But on the other hand, it's becoming clear that these guys, these critics, um, they just don't have the foresight necessary to see something like Bitcoin really changing the world. So it's hard to take their opinion seriously. I'd rather hear someone that is a Bitcoin advocate criticize Bitcoin because, you know, a lot of Bitcoin advocates aren't scared to criticize Bitcoin because they know there's a lot of work to do. And that's the type of people that I listen to. You know, but these old guys, man, they're stuck in that one way of thinking. And that fear of losing a large chunk of their wealth is just keeping them from viewing the world any differently. I used to be one of those guys and I had to understand Bitcoin. And then it was then it clicked. I was like, yeah, this this could really be the way forward. So, um, yeah, there could be some regulation coming. But if you think that's going to stop Bitcoin or crypto as a whole, then in my opinion, you're, you're a bit lost. You know, you need to do some more research on this industry and see what's actually happening because what's going to happen with the banks? You think they're just going to decide to stop using crypto because Bitcoin isn't here anymore? That's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? You think people are just going to stop developing products? No. So, you know, he's obviously talking rubbish. Um, if it's not Bitcoin, it will be someone else and the, and the likelihood that it won't be Bitcoin is very, very small. Um, yeah, so, yeah, time will tell. Time will tell. I don't have a crystal ball, but I know bullshit when I see it.
back to our regular scheduled program now. Um, we've got 12,000 New York City students now that are being prevented from attending in-person learning because their parents failed to sign consent forms for weekly random COVID testing, Bloomberg reported last week. Nathaniel Steyer, a spokesman for the City Department of Education, said, Due to the extensive efforts of our staff, 91% of students who need a consent form have one on file. Students without consent forms and who do not have approved exemptions are transitioned to remote instruction. Random testing is conducted on 20% of everyone in each school building every week. Mayor Bill de Blasio and school's chancellor Richard Carranza are responsible for implementing the standards that went into place after New York schools had previously shut down. Meanwhile, High school and middle school students that are part of New York City's 1 million plus student body are all receiving remote instruction. Tens of thousands of elementary school parents have voluntary, voluntarily opted out of the random testing in favour of remote learning as well, Bloomberg concluded. So, as I'm always talking, battle lines are being drawn. These are literal battle lines. Tens of thousands of people in New York are saying, you know what, I don't want to test. We don't need to go to your school. And people are picking their side, you know, on a daily basis now. I was just talking about Weatherspoons in the UK. I was talking about uh, Majid Nawaz. You know, people are choosing their side. With all the tyranny and madness that's going on right now, you are literally going to have to do that, you know? You're either with it or you're not, you know? You are going to have to... I say it like this. It's either, you know, you, you, you accept it or you actually have the will to enforce your human rights and just take full sovereignty of your body, your mind, and just opt out of the system and the public institutions altogether. That's that's li- literally where we're being forced. I've, I've been calling it. Um, and, you know, we need we will need the infrastructure, the, inf- the institutions to do that, to replace these old institutions, which are out of date anyway. Like, the way we've been living hasn't been the best anyway. But, you know, it is what it is. When they say that they don't need to make coronavirus, corona vaccines mandatory, they don't need to make testing mandatory, they don't need to make anything mandatory, this is what they mean. They mean they just need um, you to be forced or compelled to uh, abide by their rules, you know, so that you can re-enter society and get back to your normal life or your normal way of living, you know. So if you, if you want to go and fly anywhere, you want to go to school, you've got a job, um, go to a restaurant or just do anything to enjoy your life, you're going to have to comply is what they want you to believe and understand in, in, in your head. But which it's just not the truth because um, me, a lot of other people, we're not, we're not having it. And we are looking at alternate ways of surviving. That's just, that's, that's the truth of it. You know, the more they keep forcing people to do things that they don't want to do as well, the more that they're actually creating these soldiers, you know, that are just not, on this they just they're not up for it they're not having it and they're they are literally creating their own their own resistance you know so they can't win the more that they do this kind of crazy stuff um the more that it just creates enough soldiers um that are going to be on the streets and tearing down this place when it gets crazy enough then at that point hopefully maybe possibly who knows we can maybe start creating and clearing uh, a pathway to a better government system you know with our own money supply with real food that doesn't kill you and uh better prospects for the future and the long term
that marks the end of another episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I want you to like and share it. Put the word out there. Um, and yeah, enjoy the rest of your evening. Stay blessed. Stay productive. Have a good one. Till next time. See you later.